Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, we have co-host Elizabeth. You know Liz. She has the In-Between podcast. Hi. Yeah, it's... I feel like I'm like a regular now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you're on a good bit. I don't know what to say. People kind of Next like time, it. I demand my own theme music, my own like walk, my intro. Okay, so just okay. get to that. It'll All be... Right? dun 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 <laughs> Uh, on this episode, uh, we have somebody that is pretty exciting to get on. She uh, has a super cool Instagram and big following on there. But more importantly, she has a kind of an ability to give a voice to the voiceless, to reach into the past and let us know what happened to some of these people that we otherwise wouldn't. And the way that she displays all of this is very intriguing and always leaves me wanting more, which lucky for me, there's a ton of content to go through. It's Amanda Noyle. Wow, I butchered that last name. Sorry, guys. I've got a cold. Like, wow. <laughs> Amanda Noyle. Um, no- Noel. No- mm. Like Christmas. It's- I was like, you know the Christmas song. <laughs> it's Noel, right? No- AKA Ermolette. It's weird when you change it. I'm like, do I want people to know my real name? I'm- <laughs> I, guess, I guess I do now. <laughs> But uh, Amanda, um, her Instagram, which I know a lot of the listeners have probably checked it out or hopefully have, it's spoke spooky man, guys. I am I am struggling. I have an upper respiratory infection. Spooky New England ghoul. But yeah, Amanda, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I heard Morbid Podcast give you a shout out recently too. Super cool. Oh yeah, I saw uh, that. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Yeah, I've been manifesting that since. Uh... Elena followed me back on TikTok. I was like, okay, we're going to be friends. <laughs> so That is the coolest one, that kind of stuff, like in our, in our universe, which at times feels very big and very small, you know, in this paranormal space. I would love to, well, first, let's just jump right into what we ask everybody. And I want to really kind of move through how you got to where you are now. But before we do that, on our Believo-meter, we love to find out kind of how much people believe, you know, in ghosts and spirits and the paranormal. Zero meaning they're not real. Ten, they absolutely are real. Where do you fall on that scale? Maybe like a six. Okay, that's really interesting because you have obviously invested so much time into curating this content. As somebody who is a six, have you had any personal experiences yourself? I have, but it's hard. It's hard to say because... You're like, was that really footsteps or did they plant something in the room? You know, I mean, one of my biggest experiences was that not to just be known for the Lizzie Borden house, but was there. And I heard footsteps behind me and they were actually recorded. And I tell people, oh, yeah, turn your volume up. But then you hear my blood curling scream after, which is embarrassing, but like I can't not share it. But um, but then if you play back the audio a bit, you hear like a man say, excuse me, miss. So in my mind, it was, they're trying to scare the shit out of me. In reality, it was, they're trying to get my attention, <laughs> which is kind of funny. 
But then I'm like, well, what if they like rigged it somehow to do that? I don't know. <laughs> well, and I should mention too, I left this out. You're also a paranormal investigator. Uh, mm. for, for those that aren't as familiar uh, with Amanda's work, she is a paranormal investigator. So when you say they, obviously you go into a lot of these historically haunted places, some that aren't as historically haunted. The Lizzie Borden one, I think, is, is certainly pretty infamous for what you experienced there. When these things started happening, you know, a lot of people in the paranormal talk about, you know, vibes or feelings or energy. Did you experience any of that prior to that haunting taking place or after? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I always have, you know, not to get too woo-woo or anything, but <laughs> I feel like I always get a sense, like, I sort of can tell immediately, oh, yeah, this place has some energy to it. This place could be haunted or maybe not really. But um, I mean, if I go to a place and I don't feel like it is, I'm not going to I believe that other people's experiences isn't aren't real, but I don't know. I usually I can pick up the the energy, the the vibe, if you will. I hate that. Yeah, you hate that. Um, <laughs> but I I know I totally get what you're saying, and I I I can believe that. Yeah, I don't know if this is related to the question. I mean, like I did technically grow up in a haunted house, sort of, but like oh. it was destroyed by a drunk driver. The house. Oh. It was only like the first four years. Yeah, I know. But were you in the home when that happened? No. So the thing is, so. And not to get, and I would never advertise myself as this or anything, but the women in my family are a little like intuitive, maybe psychic. I don't know. But so I was four and my brother was five years old and my mom just had this feeling like she should um, take us to the grocery shopping all together, like at night, which is a weird idea when you have little kids because like they got to go to bed, but she just had this weird feeling that she should. And not 15 minutes after we had all been packed up in a way, um, a drunk driver was street racing. His car flew into another car and then flew into our living room where we all would have been sitting. We all would have been killed. Oh, my. Um, but it was the house itself was um, and it totally destroyed the foundation. We had to tear it down, unfortunately. But and we ended up um, renovating the uh, barn, the original 1791 barn into a shop, into our house. Yeah, so that house was haunted. I mean, it's from 1791. How could it not be? But right. Um, yeah, I don't know where those spirits went, but I I don't know. Literally last night, I had another dream that I had rebuilt the house. Like, I don't know what in the Sarah Winchester is that, but <laughs> <laughs> what what leads you to believe that that home was haunted? Well, I don't personally remember much of that that time period. I've always said I was like four years old, but. Apparently my dad and an older brother would see things in the windows upstairs. And we had a couple of girls who were renting rooms upstairs. And they said that a woman would just sort of walk into the room and sit on the bed, which is a kind of like, it's kind of sweet, but also kind of disturbing. However you look at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do that, like they never felt, it didn't feel like malicious or anything. Just like she was kind of checking in. Yeah. As far as I know, I'm trying to figure out who they were. Um, I asked my mom about it. I was like, do you know who they were? And she's like, no, I didn't like them. I kind of blocked it out. I was like, okay. okay <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta figure it out on my own. It's fine. <laughs> Did growing up in that atmosphere, is that what piqued your interest in the paranormal? Um, sort of. It was, I mean, it was probably my my dad's questionable parenting. And I say this with love of like <laughs> horror movies when I was like six and seven. Um, you know, like poltergeist, all that stuff. Yeah, unfortunately he passed away when I was seven and... Mm. Um, 
so just anything sort of in that area or that genre sort of um drew me sort of made me feel like I was right sure not to like my trauma on your podcast or anything (laughs) hey we're we're here for we dip into mental health I was gonna say well absolutely you got horror movies. I got trust issues. So, you know, everything. And I have daddy issues and a myriad of mental health. So, hey, <laughs> we can just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you're paying homage to that early relationship. Then. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what it seems and, like. like. You gravitate towards that. Yeah. And, and you're. The, hot, so I believe him. <laughs> yeah. When did you start putting out this material for everybody to see? So that you guys are going to think I'm insane. No, (laughs) (laughs) no. So like during the pan, like the pandemic, like the peak of it. So I had moved to Vermont and I thought, oh, this is, it's Vermont, you know, it's not going to be big pandemic wise. And actually my town ended up being number one for like the most like COVID at one point. That was an interesting statistic to see, but yeah. So I was an ER, I'm, I'm an ER nurse and I was working during COVID and mm. that kind of gave me a lot of agoraphobia. I'm not going to lie. And then with the moving as well. So it was just very isolating. So I, like my day to day wasn't very different, but then, you know, when I wasn't working, it was okay. How do I get out of the house? And there's, um, there's actually quite a few haunted mansions in my new town. It's like, I feel like it's the most haunted town in Vermont, but um, I just started going to them and, you know, ghosts can't give you COVID or anything. So <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just like, it was fun to like, just, and I started out on like TikTok, but to just like put like music and just video together. It was just like a way for me to cope. Basically it wasn't, I didn't have any goal or anything. It was just sort of like a creative outlet. And then when things were lightening up pandemic wise, I went to the Lizzie Borden house and this was under the previous ownership, I will say. I accidentally had the whole place to myself, me and my um, niece who was 16 at the time. It was just sort of this profound paranormal experience. And then I literally didn't post about it online for like months because it wasn't about going to a place to post a video. It was just, I took a lot of videos because I was so happy to be there and had such a great time. But um I made a joke video about it and it um, now has like 8 million views. Wow. Oh, wow. Just me like being funny, like from, I don't know. I just like, it just, but then it just a bunch of people were like, um, so who's Lizzie Borden? And I was like, so I don't know. I just like, I'm not someone who can just Google something and then regurgitate it. Um, so I did a lot of research. I looked into the trial transcripts. I read like 10 books. I just read in the newspapers, anything I can get my hands on. Cause I'm kind of like, I hyper focus on things and, so I did like a 20 part series that was like viral and <laughs> it's cool though. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, I, that, that's just how that started with that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really fascinating. And and you have connected with people, you know, through that content, but one of the things I think that is so cool that you do, you have kind of your, your haunted, I don't know if haunted book is the right way to put it, but the Victorian pictures that you go through. Can you talk a little bit about that? That's my new weird hobby. So (laughs) I specifically look for Victorian photos that may or may not have involved in murders. And I just got a new one today. (laughs) How do you source that? Yeah, that's what I'm curious. I don't want to tell everyone because then everybody won't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I do love the idea that you have like a burner phone and you're... You know, like how, how much she's like oh my god of- ethel's available i gotta go get <laughs> yeah. that one imogen's yeah. coming next week yeah, yeah. my my husband doesn't quite know how expensive it is because it goes through paypal but <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, okay, I love it. Yeah. Why? So I there think- is, you do have mythology to your madness is what you're saying. So that's really cool though. What a interesting like hobby. Well, I keep the ones that the murderer, the cabinet cards of the murderers in the back of the album. Cause I'd be rude to put them with the people who were murdered. Like not, they weren't murdered by each other. I'm very strange. Oh, you're just keeping them. No. Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, I feel like, well, you're rude. I don't want to be like, I collected this because they're a murderer. It's like, oh no, I'm going to tell the story of the person they murdered. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought about no. that. Do you enjoy getting to the, the victims that you have? Do you enjoy kind of getting to share their stories? Because I feel like, you know, they are so old. Um, I don't think the ones that you share are, are necessarily like infamous or anything. Um, I, I think it's good to continue to put, you know, faces to victims with their stories and lend em, 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 man, guys, words are so hard tonight empathy, <laughs> to lend empathy to, to them, whether they're here or somewhere else, you know, is, is that, does that kind of factor into what you do or are you just kind of into gathering and presenting? <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like, so like basically all of my content in general, it's like, it's like, Oh, ax murders let's get in there it's actually it's like a bait and switch it's actually about ethics like all of my lectures are secretly about ethics <laughs> like it's like oh we're talking about murders we're talking about the conjuring house it's ethics bitch no but <laughs> <laughs> sorry i have a, like not to like put my podcast on your podcast but it's oh of course we should promote your um, podcast at, no, at the, yeah at the top two please it's the axe murder diaries. And that again is another bait and switch because it sounds like it's really brutal. I mean, it is, but the emphasis is on the victims and there's actually, I actually haven't talked about Lizzie Borden on there because I'm so known for that. And I want to give a voice to people that, you know, their stories are forgotten. And yeah, there's actually one where a woman was killed by her husband and every single article was Oh, Mrs. So-and-so was killed. Mrs. So-and-so was killed. I had to actually dig to figure out what her name was. And so then I could give the, the title was I could give her name. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Like that felt, that felt good. This is that a cool, like library that you're collecting in a way. Yeah. I mean, even in the world we live in now, you know, unfortunately so much attention goes towards the perpetrator of the acts. And, and I, I, I you know, I think about, because I love true crime. I love, you know, reading about serial killers and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's not very often that I go, you know, that I, I focus as much time and energy on the the victim as I do this, you know, this monstrosity of a human that has done these terrible acts. So I do think that's pretty cool that you're able to shed light on that. And, and you literally get to see their face and you flip the card. You know, it's 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 a really neat thing. So I appreciate that you do that. So you've, you, you know, you've got that, you've got your podcast, um, which obviously we should talk about some more where, and you've, you've done one of the things that I think is the hardest, which is build a following on Instagram for anybody who's trying to build followings in different places. That can be a, a tough one to achieve. Where do you want all this to go for you? Like what is kind of the end goal for Amanda at the end of the day? Um, as you kind of walk through, you know, this paranormal space that I think we're all lucky that people are so interested in, um, and it feels like the light is kind of shining bright right now. So what do you, what do you want to get out of this? Honestly, I'm not sure to be honest. Like this is, I love it, it but it's my hobby. <laughs> I mean, I do spend a good amount of time with it, but I'm not sure. I mean, you could think the big goal is, oh, maybe you'll be on like a paranormal investigating TV show. Like that would be cool to be able to afford to go everywhere. But you know, people 
who are on the shows are still like afraid their show is going to be canceled and everything. It just, I don't know. I just want to be happy. And right now my podcast is making me happy because I can sit in my little creepy room and do my little creepy things. (laughs) (laughs) People listen to it and yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to say, but. No, I, I, I dig that. And also, we should say thank you for your service during the pandemic and well, really just anytime as an ER nurse. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. A, that's a really tough profession. I don't I don't know if, if if you aren't one yourself or you aren't close to one. I don't think people quite realize the stress and intensity that goes into that job for ER nurses, because while the doctors get a lot of the credit, a lot of the times it's the nurses that are keeping you alive. So um salute to you for for being to doing that seriously though that's that's really cool and i can't imagine doing that during the pandemic um Mm. that that had to be pretty tough well you know it's good that you have found this outlet then i always like to ask that question because i think everybody has different goals and i often find that a lot of the people who are you know have found some success haven't really thought about that either because it is an opportunity it is a spotlight and there is a lot of potential and you know, your podcast, I think is great. And, and I know that our fans will check that out and and enjoy it. When people do check out your podcast, I know we talked about it briefly, what can they expect? Well, it's not for the faint of heart, especially the the last episode I just posted was actually my first episode that was over an hour long. But so I obtained another photograph that's a family from an axe murder. But then the more and more I looked at it, the more I realized that because of this crime, and this happened in Georgia, so many other deaths occurred, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And I mean, all of them are awful, but this one was especially awful. And I literally said in the middle of the episode, I really want to stop here, but there's another death as a result of this. And it was just I like I wanted off that train, but I felt like I couldn't, it would be an injustice not to talk about everything. So it's, it's very um, detail oriented, I think I would say, but it, and it's very time consuming to do, but, and I'm, I'm not an expert on microphones, as you could see in the beginning. I, <laughs> I can empathize with that. Cause I'm a one woman show myself, you know, producer, sound engineer and the, the talent. And I'm really good at the talent part, but everything else is <laughs> steep <Yeah>. learning curve. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I literally had to have one of my buddies send me the picture of like the the Yeti, like it's an actual Yeti sitting in front of the Yeti microphone of how you should be holding it. And I was like, that I've been doing it wrong for weeks. <laughs> There's 10 episodes out wrong. <laughs> so it's... 
So obviously you, you, you focus on true crime on your podcast. Do you go into the paranormal as well, or is it primarily true crime? Yeah. I mean, the first one was a haunting that I found in the old newspapers and it said, Oh, cause there was an ax murder near there. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder if I can find that ax murder. And I did not to brag or anything, but <laughs> no, it was, <laughs> no, but I feel like a little sleuth, like, yes. I love it. Um, so I was able to tell like the haunting and the murder, but I mean, but yeah, not every case is going to have like a nice juicy haunting. Sometimes it's just our haunted past. Like, oh, that sounded cringy coming out of my mouth, but yeah, no, it does talk about paranormal stuff too, but not always. Cause this doesn't always come up, but you seem to also like enjoy like dressing in Victorian fashion. I mean, I know you, you know, you talked about the influence that your father had on you with, with horror movies and your experiences that kind of, you know, led during the pandemic. But at what point did you kind of feel yourself turning towards this older era that you wanted to represent? That's a great question. Not <laughs> I feel like I answer your questions with not actual answers, but here <laughs> okay. really my end goal and it's not like social media related is I, I write horror. So I write, but I have like ADHD. So I have like three different projects going I'm like, oh, this day I want to work on my like Victorian vampire story. So like, I've always been interested in like Victorian era, not, you know, necessarily vampires, but um, I don't know. I just like the whole, like when you're mourning back then, everyone knew it. Whereas now it's like, you just have to stuff it down. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, it's like last year. Oh my God, I'm trauma dumping on your podcast. Sorry. No, I love this. I love no, this. Keep going. It's like an open book, but last year my brother passed away and Aww. yeah sorry to bring it bring it down bring it down um but I felt like it's like I went back to work and I went back and was kept doing things and I you know my you know everyone still expected me to be posting on social media and I just wish I could just express like you did in the Victorian era like you're wearing all black okay you're in deep mourning maybe <laughs> I don't know it'd be cool if there was a way to like you can know what someone's going through so you can show like extra kindness or patience. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it was almost like that. a, it was almost like a social media status before they had social media, you know, yeah, like, oh, obviously way. this person is, you know, feeling blue, something's going on. And just was, like societal respect too, you know, like yeah. you go through, just let you grieve, go through what you're going through. Oh, hmm. Yeah. yeah the only like, place that I can, say I've seen something similar, but it was more of like a snapshot, not like the duration that you would see in the Victorian era would be in New Orleans, um, like a funeral or even really a wedding there, Th their energy and clothes and everything, the way it's broadcasted, like, Hey, this is what's happening right now. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I mean that it is a real, oh man, talking about cringy blast from the past to, uh, you know, put, put out clothing like that. And, but you do it in such a, you know, a cool style. Um, I think that's why it's, it's represented so well from you. Well, before we get you out of here, I would, you know, as the paranormal investigating you've done other than the Lizzie Borden house, um, have there been some other ones that really, you know, have piqued your interest after you left, or you felt really scared while you were there, or, you know, saw a, a ghost face? coming around Ooh, or anything like that ghost face well technically you're not supposed to do a seance at the conjuring house but one time i got a bunch of people together and we did a seance at the conjuring house basement <laughs> yeah no i literally like this is this is a trade secret so have you guys seen the vampire diaries yes so i'm a fake it to you make it kind of person there's a, there's an episode where bonnie bennett is like 
no, no, no. Like Caroline is like, now we will close our eyes. And like, they're doing like a seance, right? And I like, literally that's what I said. I was like, let's hold our hands. And it was like, the spirit of this house, we call on you. Like that's literally, what, it's literally from the TV show, but it fucking worked. So like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, no. So all of a sudden we see there's like the basement window up there. We see the end of a dress just go by. Oh, I'm like creeping myself out right now. I'm like, gonna yeah. for this guys, but um, yeah, but apparently that's, it's highly reported that the woman in white is walking through there. And it's interesting because the conjuring house itself, there's, that's the oldest part of the building. And then it like the newer parts are on the other side and maybe she's just walking the outside of the building, but it was weird. It's like, we called on her and she came. So careful mm. what you ask for, I guess. And are these experiences that you want to happen to you? Like, did you yeah. want these? You do? Okay. They scare the shit out of me. <laughs> Please make me feel. <laughs> <laughs> one of us. One that, of yeah. us. One of us. <laughs> I'll just say, I can relate to that. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to interview people for three and a half years about their paranormal experiences and the ones that are the most fascinating to me that tell like these really scary stories and they're like, yeah, more, more, please. What, why every day I want to be freaked out. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> sometimes I'll just go places by myself to see what they'll fuck with me. And do they? It's a weird, yeah, sometimes. Where do yeah. you go? Like bait. It's like bait. Cause I'm like five foot two. I just, I'm around. It's kind of like going to like a haunted walk and they like, tar they target me and I'm like, <laughs> so are you go like where do you go when you are doing this or do you just kind of invite that energy sometimes i'll literally just be like man i really want to see a ghost and just go to like a haunted bed and breakfast by myself mm. i'm very strange obviously we're coming to this conclusion but like yeah. there was one i went to i was in gettysburg and i heard this place um this one particular room had a, a room where a spirit was known to like rub your feet and oh, absolutely not no thank you so I literally booked that room. Liz, don't kink shame <laughs> like, Amanda. If she wants her feet rubbed by a ghost, it's okay. If a ghost has rubbed my feet, I don't even know if I could come back from that. I don't know. <laughs> no, I was literally like, they didn't think I was hot enough because they didn't. No, <laughs> they like blondes. I mean, I didn't dye my hair blonde anymore. So I guess that's my fault. Oh but my gosh. no, I like, I went into the bathroom and like, I went to the shower and like the lights were flickering. I was like, this is a fucking horror movie, but it was like creeping me out. I was like, I'm getting the sense that there is something out there. And then I like open the door and I look out and I see like this shadow just like go up the stairs, almost looking like it's going into my room. And I was like, okay, then I like literally, I texted, I texted Becky and I was like, can you debunk this please? Cause I'm scared. And then okay. she like, she debunked it for me. And then, but then the next day I was like, I think it's, I think it's real. <laughs> but I had to like be comforted for a second. Yeah. Becky will debunk some shit. You better watch it. <laughs> well that's that's cool I, I didn't realize we had a friend in common there i don't know i don't know how you guys do it i'm, I'm always impressed i recently there's had no a, way i would do it there's no way i would do it well i've been sick as i'm sure everybody can hear and maybe like five nights ago i had taken some medicine to help me sleep well i'll tell you what i did i took melatonin and then i took nyquil on top of it because i was just so congested whatever i wanted to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and had sleep paralysis. Yes, you're uh, gonna with, say that. <laughs> yeah, with all that medicine on top of it, right? Yes. And, and I, my eyes like looked over to the side of my bed, and there was this like, um, uh. 
what's that famous painting you know where the guy's hands are like this and it's like the real it, wavy that's the, is that the van gogh one the scream yeah 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 okay it looked like that guy um but the the mouth was like kind of like you know inverted it was like this i don't think that was a ghost i you know i don't think it was a spirit i hope not because that was really freaky and it felt like sleep paralysis i've had in the past like with a spider where it just drops down i can't really do anything about it i go to sleep or i wake up to say that i did not want that experience again i did not wake up going like oh yay more melatonin for me tonight <laughs> you know? so for you guys that can do that that it's impressive to me i mean liz you had sleep stuff you know happen to you as well and when it happened i said i rebuke that i don't ever have that happen to me again that was absolutely terrifying i still have the heebie-jeebies and it hasn't happened but every time i come on your podcast i'm always looking behind my shoulder because i am now spooked beyond reason yeah terrifying have you ever had any of that happen amanda like i definitely had sleep paralysis i actually had I, I call it my sleep paralysis demon came back for the first time um, in like years, like a couple weeks ago, I was like on the couch and this thing with a long cloak and almost like a, what is it called? The spear the, or the plague, the plague doctor. Oh, almost. right. Oh, I, and like the I talking about. Cloak, and it had like long talons, like from insidious and it oh. was grabbing me in the side and I felt the pain and it was it opened up my ear and dived inside my head. And then I kept coming in and out of consciousness and my husband was right there. And I, I think I like, I was trying to say words and I like was going in and out. It was really weird. And I was like, I think I said like weakness and he was right next to me and he didn't think to like wake me up or anything. But then I was like, don't let me fall back asleep. And he was like, what's wrong? I'm like, demon. It's interesting because I had a friend do a reading and she said, one of the things she said was, oh, I think something from your last apartment followed you to this one. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. And then shit you not, just a couple of days after she said that, um, the smoke detectors started going off randomly in my house, like to the point where they're not in the wall right now. And I remembered in my old apartment that something that would happen was all the smoke detectors would go off. So wow, who knows? Does your husband have uh, any of that stuff or is, is he paranormal adjacent or how does it work for him no i mean he was there at the time that i like screamed and ran away from the footsteps but he did not hear them but they're on video so but yeah i don't know he's not really well, that brings up a good point what, what are your thoughts on or why do you think that you're one of the people who the veil gets lifted for that you know you're mm. able to see and hear good question maybe because i'm open to it because i think they want to fuck with me they see a five foot two little girl and they're like let's fuck with her no, like one of my first experiences was seeing a, like a shadow figure in a basement. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> it's like in a haunted house. They're like, tack. And I'm like, yes, thank you. I know you mentioned like your height a couple of times and <laughs> Lizzie Borden wasn't, uh, you know, super tall herself. Do you, do you think that or let me ask this a different way. What is it about the Lizzie Borden um, we'll just call it a mystery. I mean, it's people are on both sides of that fence that you feel so drawn to. I think because there is more evidence that she didn't do it than she did. And her reputation is forever tarnished. And I feel like she's still waiting for the day that she's proven innocent. And that's why she haunts Maplecroft. Um, and I don't know, that's something very haunting about that image, like just her waiting. I mean, like in her later life, she was just, she donated to charity. She had dogs and a cat 
and she was like a sweet old lady that gave out cookies and everything to children. So it just sucks because if she didn't do it, then that really sucks. I don't know where I, where I was trying to connect your height to to Lizzie Borden there, but I felt oh. like I was I was on the antithesis of a good joke, but I couldn't quite find. Um, uh, some if I have good posture, I'm five foot three, and she's five foot three. So there you go. I knew there was there was something something. Yeah, right said, now I'm five foot three. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we we wrap up, are there any stories, comments, questions, uh, anything that you want to leave with our audience? Technically, all of this is procrastination from because I just want to write horror novels. So this is all. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna procrastination. What? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say this is procrastination from death. I was like, she Whoa. gets it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my You're god, right. Noah. <laughs> well, yeah. And and speaking of your horror writing, do you have? Is there a forum or anything where people can see short stories or completed stories that you've done? No, it's all a mystery. Okay. No, but like <laughs> until it's not. I did, no, I mean I've like I took like a a class in I was in a, in a pretty it sounds bougie when I say it, but like it, I was in a writing program in Boston that was pretty exclusive, and everyone seemed to really like my writing. So I think awesome. it's good. Yeah, you'll see it if I ever finish it. <laughs> you will. You will. I believe it. Thanks for coming on and yeah, make sure you check out all of Amanda's stuff. Amanda, you mind telling the audience where they can find all your great content? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at spooky new England ghoul. You can find me on TikTok at spooky new England. Um, my podcast is the ax murder diaries available wherever you get your podcast. There's also a little Instagram for that as well at the ax murder diaries. Liz, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to plug, plug, plug all your great stuff too. So can you let our audience know where they can find your content as well? Yeah, if you want to talk about mental health and all the fun things like that, you can find me at the In Between Podcast with Elizabeth Cheney, yeah. <laughs> uh, Instagram at in.betweenpod, and then my personal is at Elizabeth Cheney underscore. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Elizabeth Cheney. I'm Amanda. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.